Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Amen. No advice. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. Amen. Well, Lord, we ask your blessing upon our time again together today that we would take this time and understand what you're doing in our lives and how you want to take us to another height in you. How you want to get us to a new place in, uh, in our vision, a new place in uh, the, the life that you've given us as a congregation, but also as individuals. And we pray, Father, your blessing upon the word of God. Is, uh, it's already blessed, but we pray that we would be recip- recipients of it, hear it well, and live it well, and go out and be the ones that are doers of the word, not just hearers only. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, today I'm going to be talking about revisiting uh, your, your vision. Revisiting your vision. Because on occasion, uh, if, you're, if you're living life long enough, uh, things change. And well, well, <laughs> things change, but the vision that you had, if it's never revisited, what ends up happening, you kind of get off course. You, you start, off, start off young and young, and you des- desire to do certain things, and you get to a certain age, and things begin to shift and adjust, so you kind of put the vision on the side. You, you, you ever put your ideas and your goals to the side because of children, because of friends, because of sickness, because of disease, because of things that happen in our lives? We, we put things to the side. We put our vision to the side because of life. But when it comes time to revisit the vision, there's something invigorating that happens. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to do that before, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you to revisit the vision that you, here's, hear this, the God-given vision. I'm not talking about the one that you, you thought of one night when you had just a wonderful, uh, you had some great pizza or something like that. I'm talking about the one that God gave you. The, the, now, the definition I use for vision is the one I've been using for the last 20-some years now. It's the same one you probably know by heart. It says, it's a divine revelation and inspired understanding of God's will, purpose, and plan. Divine revelation and inspired understanding of God's will, purpose, and plan. Divine revelation means it's being revealed to us by God himself. That's a good thing. If it's divinely inspired by God, if divinely revealed to us by God, it has to be a good thing. But the inspired understanding, because you see, we can get the vision, but if we don't have an inspired understanding about it, what we end up having is an uninspired understanding. Hear that? An uninspired understanding is simply saying, well, I think I got it. I think I, I think I understand it a little bit. I may be able to take this thing and do something with it, maybe. But inspired understanding, so from the inside, the, the Holy Spirit's the one that inspires us, right? He's the great inspiration. So he inspires us to get an understanding of the revelation that God's just given to us. So we've got this revealed knowledge of God, that's a vision, revealed plan of God, revealed to us, and then we have an inspired understanding about it so that we'll be able to work, work and walk out a way that we've never walked out before. And then we're talking about three things here. His will, his purpose, and his plan. Where's God's will found? In his word. So we look to the word of God to determine if this revelation that we've gotten from God and inspired understanding lines up with the word. Because if it doesn't line up with the word, that's not the will of God. So we want to have the will of God on the matter. So we want to get that understood as well. And then we get the divine purpose. Again, his purpose is divine revelation, inspired understanding of his will, purpose, Purpose is that, 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 that mission of our life, that purpose that God has established for us. So this is what I want to have accomplished in your life. Now, when I've got the revelation of that, with some understanding about that, 
knowing it's the will of God, then the purpose becomes real for me. Because there are a lot of folks living, living out purpose that are not their purpose. I'll say it again. There are a lot of folks living out purpose that's not their purpose. Living on purpose for somebody else. You, I, I'm of the, impre- of the uh, understanding here is this. That every one of you have the vision that God's given you. You, you do. You, you have your own life to live, don't you? So he's going to give you a divine revelation. He's going to give you inspired understanding of his will, his word, his purpose for you, and his plan. Now, the plan part is when we get it to begin to write it out. The Bible says, write the vision, make it plain. That he who reads it may run with it. So we get the plan part and we begin to write the plan down and identify that, that, okay, I've got this revelation from God. Here, we'll go back through the whole process again. I've got this revelation from God, this revelation, divine revelation, and I've got an inspired understanding about the revelation, inspired understanding about what God has just shown me. He's given me a glimpse of the future. He's given me an idea about what the future looks like, but he's given me some idea about what it's all about as well, so I understand it, inspired by the Holy Ghost, and then I have this will, purpose, and plan being understood as well. So the will of God in the word, the will of God, we get that, and then we move into the purpose of God and then the plan of God. Now, that takes a whole teaching by itself just to have one, one element, but I'm not going to take the time to do that today. But I'm going to go into Acts chapter 2 this morning, and it talks about this. It, and it shall come to pass, Acts chapter 2, verse number 17, Acts two seventeen says this, And it shall come to pass in the last days, that says the Lord, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Now, most of you know this already. Uh, it says, your sons and your daughters shall what? Prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. That's me. People like me. Young men. Amen. amen. See, Bruce, Bruce got it. Uh, yeah, yes, amen. This says, your old men shall dream dreams. People like, you know, not like, not like me. I'm not dreaming dreams right now. Let, let me give you an idea, by, by the way, here. A vision and a dream are different. A dream is, hear this part, a dream is, dream happens at the evening time. A dream happens when you sleep. A dream happens when you sleep. And you're dreaming about stuff. We have dreams. You know, Joseph had a dream. That was great. But the people have, we have, we all have dreams every once in a while. We have dreams. But dreams are not necessarily vision. Vision are those things that you sense in the daytime. It's like a daydream almost, but it identifies, you can identify that I'm wide awake. I'm getting a vision from God, and I'm seeing something. You see it in your mind's eye first. You ever see that happen to you? Where something's happening in your mind's eye, you're like, you get this, this glimpse all of a sudden that just occurs to you, like, wow, I never saw that before. What does that mean? Well, the dream, you can wake up from a dream in the middle of the night, and you know that, oh, well, that's just a dream. Let me go back to sleep. That was just a dream. Let me go back to sleep. But a vision compels you. I'm telling you, it really compels you to move towards it. It really compels you to say, ah, I can see that very clearly, it's a glimpse of the future is what it is. It's a glimpse of something that, that doesn't exist presently in this natural world, but it, it does exist in the spirit realm. And as we see these, have these visions about life, we can begin to move towards them only by faith. Now, here's part. The interesting thing about, about walking by faith is that you only know you're walking by faith when you, <laughs> watch this, you only know that you've actually walked by faith once you arrive at the place that you thought, you, that you saw down, you saw with your mind's eye. Because you're walking, you're walking, you're walking, you're walking, you're walking, and you, all you see is one foot in front of you, right? Walking by faith. All we see is one foot in front of us walking by faith. All we are able to determine is that we're being obedient at this point. But as far as the fruition of everything coming to pass in our lives at this very moment, 
We don't always see everything right now. Oh, it would be so nice to see everything right now. I love to get the idea that, okay, God said, God showed me this thing, right? And then you have to hold on. How many of you get tired of holding on? Don't, don't lie. You get tired of holding on. You get tired of holding on. Holding on to what you saw. You get a vision, watch this, you get a vision of yourself being healed. Okay? Divine revelation, inspired understanding of God's will. Is that God's will? Purpose? Does he want you to be healed? So what's his plan? His plan is that we get faith to come into our hearts by hearing the word of God. God gives us a plan on how to receive from him on a consistent basis. You get a vision of yourself being prosperous and being in health even as your soul prospers. Is that a divine revelation? Is it inspired? Do you have an inspired understanding about that? See, the inspired understanding about the, the will of God, the inspired understanding about the revelation that we receive has to come with us getting a revelation and saying, God, I got a revelation of this thing. It's nice, it's nice, it's nice, it's nice, it's nice. But if I never get inspired understanding, if I never get the understanding of it, what ends up happening is I got a revelation that goes nowhere. There's a lot of folks who get revelation that get, never goes anywhere. Got a great revelation, but never got the understanding of it. Now, watch this part. Never get the understanding that's inspired by God, but get an understanding that they think of, think of on their own. I've got revelation, and then I made up an understanding. Did you hear me? Got a revelation. Now let me go think about what that means. That's not inspired understanding. See, inspired understanding comes from the Holy Ghost. That's when you begin to Walk like this, and all of a sudden turn around and you just go like this. And you don't think about it, you just do it. So you're being led by the Spirit at that point. So the inspired understanding is a whole different kind of living, isn't it? Inspired understanding gets us to do the thing that God wants us to do the way he wants us to do it because we got the revelation. See, so the vision is that the revealing of God's knowledge, the revealing of the thing that God wants us to see, the revealing of a future that God's given us a glimpse of, there is divine revelation, inspired understanding. And we look to the word. I love this part because we have to look to the word all the time. We have to look to the word all the time. I've never gotten off this definition for so many years because I believe God gave it to me that way. I believe he gave me this divine revelation, inspired understanding of his will, purpose, and plan. He gave that same thing to me years and years ago, and so I keep on using this as a definition. So, so, so sons and daughters are going to prophesy. When it comes to prophecy, when the sons and daughters begin to prophesy, I'm talking about people that are 15, 16 years old prophesying. Can you get with that? Could you understand people 15, 16 years old, 14, 15 years old prophesying? Could you, under, could you understand, uh, uh, just listen, a young Christian prophesying, just got saved prophesying? They may not know it, but they prophesy. Have you ever been in the presence of somebody that began to speak to you, and they're speaking prophetically? You knew it, but they didn't. They're just having normal conversation. Your grandchildren might speak to you in a prophetic word, and you may not understand. You, you, this kid's prophesying to me. Do you know that? This child is actually prophesying. Don't even know what they're saying, but they're, they're, they're doing it. That's happened with some of you. Some of you have been talking to me. <laughs> you've been talking to me about something, and you are prophesying to me. That, that happens with Pearl a lot. Pearl, Pearl, Pearl be messing me up sometimes, I tell you, man. I sit there and talk to Pearl. Pearl. Pearl rarely ever comes up to me and says, Pastor, I need to talk to you. 
Rarely, 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 rarely does that. But when she does, she has a scripture reference. She has, I mean, she, she has all this different stuff. And she walks, Pastor, and she starts talking to me. Now, it, it starts off as a scripture reference, and then it goes into a prophetic word. The prophetic word is not something she scripted to say. It's just something that came on top of the word. It came on top of the word that she was speaking to me. But it lined up with the word. You hear that? See, it lined up with the word, so I had to receive it as a word, a word of edification, exhortation, or comfort. So edification, she's building me up. And she's building me up in my most holy faith by speaking a word to me. So the word that she gave me was out of the Bible, which is a word of edification also. The word itself is edification, exhortation, and comfort. But a prophetic word spoken out of somebody's mouth is edification, exhortation, and comfort too, whether it's actually Bible or not, as long as it lines up with the Bible. Do you hear me? Lines up with the Bible. Lines up with the word. So when I've had chances to have her speak to my life, and others of you as well have spoken to my life, I've received this edification, exhortation, and comfort, which has been prophecy. So that kind of word coming to somebody, you said your young, 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 your young children to do that kind of thing. So we're going to be, can we expect that to happen? Here's this part. Should we expect that thing to happen? Will it happen? You see, if we expect it to happen, it will happen. So we're looking forward to seeing young people prophesy. I'm, but see, I have to have an attentive ear to listen to our young people. We have to have an attentive ear to listen to our young people and not just say, well, not right now, speak when you're spoken to. That's been the old, old way of doing things. Speak when you're spoken to. But a word may come through a young person that God wants to benefit your life by, so receive that as well. So he says this, your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions. I consider myself still young compared to 150 years old, so I'm still young. So as I see... As we're seeing, all of us young men in here are seeing visions. All, listen, you're a young man too, young man, seeing visions. Isn't that great? That young men can still see visions? Now, if we don't expect young men to see visions, then they, then they may see them and we just miss it. We don't benefit from what they've seen. The other side of it is this. I can get the vision or see the vision and not share the vision. Because I don't have faith to share the vision. You ever get something really, really good from God, and you're not quite sure how to tell somebody else about it because you don't know exactly how they're going to receive it? You know, because some people are jealous of you. That, 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 that's not probably in any of your lives at all. You get blessed with something new in your life, and, and, somebody, and you, you want to share, but you just can't share because people may respond to you differently. Well, you get a vision from God, I believe this, somebody's not going to like it. You get a vision from God, there will be people that will like it as well, but you as an individual, I as an individual, have to be bold enough to share it. Be bold enough to speak it out of my mouth, because otherwise I'm saying, well, I don't know if I trust you enough, God, to be able to speak on your behalf here in the earth. Does God want you to trust him? Absolutely Yes. So does he want to get his vision accomplished in the earth? Absolutely yes. How's he going to get it accomplished? Through who? Us. The young men. Young men and women. So as we speak for the vision of God, people's lives begin to change. Because you see, the people, watch this. My people perish for lack of knowledge. But also without a vision, the people perish. So if I don't have the knowledge, of the, the inspired understanding of the knowledge, 
I have a lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding, inspired understanding. Because of that, I will not speak the word of God to other people because I lack the understanding of what it means for them. But when I have a full understanding of what it means for you, I'll speak the vision. I'll speak the vision. I'll speak the vision because it means something for your life. But if it doesn't mean anything for your life, I'm, I'm speaking a lie anyhow, so that's not be any good, so why would I want to speak that? So because I, I, Listen, we mess up on occasion. As individuals, we mess up. We say the wrong thing. Has anybody ever said the wrong thing? Times, right? Say the wrong thing. And so saying the wrong thing is that thing that keeps you saying, okay, I said the wrong thing last time, so I don't want to say the wrong thing this time. So therefore, you won't even speak the vision out of your mouth. See how the enemy tricks you? See, he tries to get us down to thinking about how we messed up last time. But if you've asked God for forgiveness and you've repented, you're in a clean state with God. So being in a clean state with God, having a clean state with God, means that you can go ahead and go ahead and speak that vision out of your mouth. So the young men are going to speak those visions, uh, see visions and begin speaking out of their mouths. So then the old men are going to dream dreams. Now, this is good because old men dreaming dreams means that, like my grandfather used to do, sit around and talk to me about stuff, old stuff. You know, we, Grand, you know how grand, granddads are. I'm not a granddad yet, but maybe I'll be one one day. You know. Actually, actually, I am by marriage. I'm, I'm a grandfather now, 10-year-old grandson, just like that, overnight. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> just like that, 10-year-old grandson. He calls me, calls me Napa, Napa. I don't know what Napa means. Here's Opa, here's Opa, and he calls me Napa. So that's, that's, my, that's my name. Don't you call me Napa, okay? That's his <laughs> what, what was I talking about? Vision, vision, vision. What was I talking about? Somebody pip. What's that dream? Old man dreaming dreams. See, old man, old man. See, old man. Now we're talking to you. No, no. Grandfather, grandfather is telling me about these dreams he used to, used to have years ago as a young man. My grandfather used to dream, but, he, but he, then he comes back to and he says, I had that dream again. And he had dreams about us as kids, grandkids, his grandkids. There was a, in, in Compton, California, uh, some of you might remember this, there used to be these farms over there. Farms and little ranches over in, in Compton, California. And he would dream that we would be involved in the, in the family business, I guess, doing that kind of stuff with him. Dream that we'd be involved in the in construction field. That's what my, my, my grandfather did, construction. Uh, had a little ranch over there and, and uh, worked, uh, worked in a little farm area. Uh, my dad kind of went ahead and did the same kind of stuff, construction work. I broke the mold. I didn't want to work. I wanted to talk. I wanted to talk. I wanted to talk. Talk. It's different kind of work. Different kind of work. But his dreams were about stuff like that. His dreams were about outside stuff. His dreams were about his grandkids being able to live, live a different kind of life. His dreams were different than mine. I mean, because he was an old, old man dreaming. So old men having dreams can pass along vital stuff to people. But hear this. Because when old men dream, they're not dreaming dreams to, to frighten young people. You ever been to a men's, a men's camp or a kid's camp when you're a kid uh, and you hear these old, older guys sharing stories about when I was a kid? And they'll and they tell you fables, they'll tell you stories, they're, they're almost lying to you sometimes. And uh, ho ho hopefully not. But they'll but tell you about their dreams that they've had, they've had. And as they talk about dreams, those dreams have a tendency to kind of penetrate your heart a little bit. Can you remember some things from when you were a child that an old person spoke to you about. 
that had an impact in your life that's even to today impacting you. You see, if you thought long enough, there's somebody that's had that kind of impact in your life that, that has spoken to you and spoken into your life. Hear this part. When we get old, we're going to be dreaming dreams. And we won't keep them to ourselves. We'll speak to people about our dreams. And if we're godly people, we'll speak to them about dreams that we're having that will affect life, life changes for them. Because I tell you, if I, if, if, as I'm dreaming even today, I'm, I'm, I still dream now, I dream of a, a powerful future for my son. I dream of a powerful life for my, my, my son. My, I dream about my grandkids that I don't have just yet. The additional ones that's coming. They have a 10-year-old already. But I'm, I'm dreaming about the grandkids. They're believing God for bigger, bigger and better things for them as opposed to just for me. So we've got three things going on. We've got prophecy. Hear this part. Watch this. Words being spoken. Visions being seen and spoken into existence. Dreams being had and spoken to the life of other people. So the word of God is always going forth in three different kinds of areas there. The prophecy, the prophetic word, the visions through the spoken word, through uh, people having visions, and also through dreams. So that's happening again as well. Habakkuk 2, 2 says this, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, uh, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. He said, there's a long time coming, wait for it, because it will surely come. And then it says it will not tarry. It says, though it's taking a long time, it won't take a long time. Is that an oxymoron or what? Is that something that, that you want to really hear? It's not going to take that long. <laughs> no, it's going to take a long time, but it won't take that long. It's going to take a long time, but it won't take that long. Doesn't make any sense, does it? Well, hear this. There are things that we have been promised by God. Promised by God. That seem to be taking a long time to come to pass. But he says, don't worry, it won't be long. That's what God's saying. Now, see, long to him and long to us is two different things. Because, you see, my patience is a little bit different than God's patience. Actually, a lot different than God's patience. It's a lot, a lot different than God's patience. If, you, if, you, if, if we're waiting long enough for anything to come to pass in our lives, we think that it's never ever going to come to pass. I mean, we can just wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and keep on waiting and keep on waiting and keep on waiting and say, you know what? Forget it. Come on now. Do you ever say just forget it? Just, just quit on the whole deal? That's why I said revisit the vision. You see, because when we revisit the vision, it sparks something in us again to live it, to live it out, to see it come to pass. Oh, but I'm too old. I've been, I've been waiting too long. It can't happen for me. This is not my season. Keep on speaking what you're speaking, and it will come to pass. Keep on saying what you're saying. It, it will come to pass. It's not my season. Okay. So it is written, so it's spoken, so let it be done. Okay, it's not my time. You said it again, it's not your time. It's not coming to pass. It's not coming to pass right now. You keep on speaking that way. Well, well God said that though it tarry, wait for it. <laughs> then he says, it will not tarry at the end. It will not tarry. It will not be forever. It will be a little time. It won't be forever if you wait. So revisiting the vision 
gets us back to the beginning. Watch this. It gets us back to the beginning of what we believed in the first place. Hmm. If you didn't get nothing else, get that. Get that. Because when we revisit something called vision, that divine revelation, and the inspired understanding of God's will, purpose, and plan, we got all that wrapped up real good. Then we know that what God has given us revelation on is real for us. And then we want to live it out. We want to see it come to pass. We want to see God do what he says he's going to do. But otherwise, we kind of say, well, you know, this, this Bible stuff is nice, it's good, and, you know, I believe God, however, uh, I'll go ahead and live my life, and if God decides to do something regarding this thing here, I'll, I'll let that be a part of my life, that's okay. But it won't be my focus. I'm telling you, we're living in a day right now where we can either, either focus on what we want or focus on what God wants. And it's easy to, listen, it's easy to focus on what we want when we're Christians because we focus on good things. Most Christians do. They're not, most, most Christians don't focus on bad things because we know better. We know that we, we serve God. And so we focus on good things, but see, focusing on God's thing is the best thing for you. Much better than trying to do it on your own and trying to get something accomplished in your own life for your own personal benefit so you can gain, your, gain for yourself. Because, see, God's, God's vision, watch this, typically God's vision is way more than just about us. It includes a whole lot more people. Let me read you a scripture here. It says Proverbs 29:18, another version of it. It's in the Amplified Bible. It says, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God. No redemptive revelation of God. That means the redeeming quality is to say no saving grace of God. Where there's no redemptive revelation of God, meaning that we're not going to be able to get saved in the situation. If the vision can't save somebody, if the vision can't bring somebody healing, if the vision can't do something or bring somebody out of a situation, it's not really a vision. See, it has to be, vision has to be able to rescue people out of situations that they're in. That's why the vision that we have as individuals, we can test it and understand it to be real or, real or not when we see that it's doing what we believed it to do in the first place. Are we seeing people healed? Seeing people delivered and saved and set free? That's the vision that allows this to happen. We had a, a vision of our churches changing our cities for Jesus from where we live to the ends of the earth. And then changing our cities for Jesus talks about starting with you as an individual. Can you see yourself being saved? Yes. Can you see yourself being healed? Yes. Can you see yourself being delivered and set free and walking in unity to peace about liberty, walking in freedom, walking in wholeness, walking in total victory? Yes, 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 yes. Well, that's all part of God's vision for our lives. As we walk with that vision, we can see things come to pass in a great way. So where there's no vision... No redemptive, no redemptive revelation of God's plan, the people perish or they cast off restraint. They just throw off what's going to keep them whole. They just throw it to the side. <laughs> Folks that no longer care about living just kind of throw things to the side because they don't care any longer. They don't have vision. Hear this part. We are responsible to cast vision into the lives of other people. If we don't cast vision into the lives of other people, 
They will cast off restraint. They will perish. They will stop wanting to live. They'll stop wanting God's best. Even believers. Believers that don't have vision are perishing people. Some of the most miserable Christians in the world are people that are Christians that don't have vision. Some of the most miserable Christians in the world are ones that don't have a glimpse of a future that's better than where they are presently. They're thinking that this is it. It's not going to get any better than this. And because it can't get any better than this, I'll just cast off all restraints. I'll do what I want to do. Did you hear me on that? I'll do what I want to do. It's so easy to want to do what we want to do. Because we don't think that we're going to hurt ourselves. Oh, God. If I don't hurt anybody else, it really doesn't make that much of a difference. If, I'm only bother, if it's only bothering me, it doesn't make that much of a difference. Satan has got, the, boy, Satan has got believers fooled into thinking that our body is not the temple of the Holy Ghost. And God believers fooled to think that I can do anything I want to do with my body. I can do anything, I, I can put anything I want to put in my mind. I can carry this body anywhere I want to carry it to because it's, it belongs to me. No, you, we've been bought at a price. And the price was the blood of Jesus. So because we've been bought at a price, we no longer have the ability, listen, we, we, should, we should no longer have a desire to do anything we want with our bodies. We should have the desire to say, God, whatever you want for me, let me receive that. Let me walk with that. Let me give you four things and I'm going to close out with this. Number one, remind yourself what your written vision is. That means you've had to write it down. Proverbs 29, 18 talks about that. Excuse me, Habakkuk 2, 2 talks about that. Remind yourself what you've written, your vision. Remind yourself about that. Let's revisit it. Reduce it to simple, number two, reduce it to simple terminology, if you will. Reduce it down so that it's simple enough for you to understand what your vision is. Because if you have such a complicated vision, and you have to try to say it to people, and it's a, it's a three-page document, it makes it real complicated for you to even talk about it, right? So consequently, we kind of forget those long long, written-out, drawn-out visions because they're not easy for us to remember ourselves. When we can internalize something, it's because it's really simple. It's really simple to internalize. So reduce it to, this, to a simple terminology. Number three is that read it frequently. I mean, read your vision frequently. If you have a vision for your life, and you should have, when the Bible says write your vision, make it plain, that he who reads it may run with it, who should be the first one reading it? We should be the first ones reading the vision, right? So who should be running with it? We should be the one running with it as well. And that's the last one we're going to talk about, is run and keep running. Don't stop. Don't stop. There's so many people that quit, that give up, that just kind of throw in the towel because of circumstances, because things are not going their direction, their way. Listen, things don't always go my way. Huh? Uh-huh. Things don't always go my way. And because things don't always go my way, it doesn't mean I need to quit. I don't just stop. I may ponder for a moment and get a better revelation of what, where I am, but just to, just to quit. Not, not quitting, not quitting, not stopping, not, not like that. Don't let it be known of you that you 
quit on your vision, the one that God gave you. You got a vision for marriage? Stay with it. You got a vision for your life? Stay with it. You got a vision for your business? Stay with it. You got a vision for your ministry? Stay with it. You got a vision for your children? Stay with it. You got a vision for your education? Stay with it. If it's been given to you by God. That's why I said divine revelation. See, divine revelation. Inspired understanding of his will, purpose, and plan. When we get that part understood, wrap that, wrap that up real good. Then the will of God, the purpose of God, the plan of God becomes more real to us. Opposed to just saying, well, it's revelation. A lot of folks are running on revelation and never really got to understand. That's hard. That's hard. That's why we see so many failures. That's, that's why we see so many train wrecks. People, people have lived, lived their lives with train wrecks, just, just constantly having the same battles over and over again. The same stuff happening over and over again. Over and over again. Because they don't have an inspired understanding of the revelations they receive from God. I believe all of us get revelation. We really do. We get revelation, but we don't get the inspired understanding because we choose not to say, okay, Lord, help me understand what, the revel- what you just revealed to me so that I'm like this. See, I can work like that. I can get the understanding of what the revelation is, then I can get the will, purpose, and plan understood as well. You got it? Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning and bless you again for the wonderful day you've given us. A chance to be able to understand what our vision is for our life and how you want us to proceed with our lives. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.